Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. This is On The Day I Said I Do podcast, and this is episode number seven. My name is Larcy Howard McGowan, and today I am joined by the very beautiful wife, mom, and teacher, Miss Kalea Crockett. <laughs> you want to say what's up to everybody? Hi, everybody. Yes. So I am excited to have her on our show today because, as you guys know, this is a show centered around the day that you got married. And as of this year, you are married how long? Uh, just made three years, so going on four years. Yeah. We've been together for 10. Okay, for 10. Okay, nice. Yes, so um, just to give you guys a little bit of back information on Kalea, when I first met her, she was actually Mrs. Yorn, (laughs) and um, I met her when I got my first job in the school system, and I want to say it was about 2000, and I want to say 14, and I was a TA, and I always thought she was really cool, and I admired her because um, not only was she a as I mean, excuse me, not only was she a teacher, but she also was involved in the after school program. I believe it was what GEP, the greater enrichment program. And I said, anybody that works with the kids in the daytime and then stays with them in the afternoon, they have to really love kids. So I always admired that about you. And I also, you know, I knew one thing she loved her school, her college. She was always repping Bennett College. And um, also at the time her mom was working at the school and I got to, uh, be able to sub in her class one day and learn a little bit more about her. So I always thought that, that was great. Just having generational teachers in the family. And, um, she always was talking about her son. So that was something I also really liked. And I thought she'd be a great guest to have on the show. And when I relaunched, she actually reached out and let me know she would be willing to come on the show. So we are really happy to have her today. Do you want to, you know, give a shout out to anybody? <laughs> um, Just to, of course, Bennett, because I love Bennett. And my mom actually went to Bennett as well. So I'm a second generation Belle. Yes. Um, And to my husband and my two children. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, yeah, so you guys know how the show goes. The first segment, because we're just going to jump right into it, is called Jumping the Broom. And it is basically everything that happened the day that you got married. And so I just want to ask, tell me what happened on the morning that you got married? Oh, the morning I got married... um... My bridesmaids had gotten the suite the night before, so we stayed in the suite, and I got up and went to get my hair done. So I spent most of the morning in the salon, just, like, contemplating what was about to happen. Yeah. I um, spent time while I was under the dryer just writing notes to my bridesmaids. Um, I contemplated writing one to my husband, Mm -hmm. and I started writing it, but then I realized I would probably say it all in my (laughs) bag. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I didn't see the point in writing another letter. Mm-hmm. I've always been the type to write in notes and letters and things like that. So there wasn't really much more I could say other than you better be at the end of the aisle when we get when I come out that door. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I spent before my appointment. I spent a little bit of time with my my younger sister because she was my maid of honor, and we just like we kind of sat in silence. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, oh, my gosh, you're getting married today. Oh, my gosh, I'm <laughs> yeah. really getting married today. Like, the day is finally here after all the planning and stress. Mm-hmm. And it's finally here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And let's see. So what's your anniversary date? When did you guys get married? We got married December 30th, 2016. Okay. And what made you guys decide on that day? So our dating anniversary is December 31st. Ah. But of course, everything is so expensive Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. that holiday. And when you're planning a wedding, when you think about getting married, you never think, you think about all the stuff you want for your wedding. And then you don't realize how much that stuff costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you start pricing things and things that you want, you realize 
do I you think do I really need this? Right. Will I be okay if I look back on this day and I don't have this? Yeah. And so we decided just to move it back a bit. It was still a Friday, so people could still make it in town mm-hmm. and still make it home and enjoy the holiday, the new year if they wanted to. Nice. And that was really thoughtful. Um, so I guess what, how long were you guys engaged for? I should have asked that. We got engaged May of 2015. Okay. So that wasn't so long at all. Year, year and a half. Okay. And so let's see, what did you wear that day? Where'd you get your dress from and how, what was the whole, the, you say yes to the dress scene? <laughs> I had gone dress shopping, and I had originally picked a different dress. Mm-hmm. Um, after the dress, I actually wore I got from New York Bride and Company, I think. Okay. Somewhere off South Boulevard, I think that's the name of it. It's off South Boulevard. Okay. But um, it was I saw it and I was like, oh, I like this dress. And at the time, the price wasn't in my range. Okay. And I put it back. I said. It was, a, it was like one of the closeout dresses, mm-hmm. the sample dresses that were on there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put it back. And if it's there, when I come back, then I'll, yeah, it'll be the dress. Mm-hmm. So I went to David's Bridal and found another dress, which coincidentally ended up looking like my bridesmaids' dresses. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had like done the whole ring the bell. I went and they made me all up. And mm-hmm. I rang the bell at David's Bridal, the, the sales attendant. Like put this visual in my head, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But that dress still—it still didn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went back to New York Bride and Company, and we were just still looking just to see if there's anything else. And lo and behold, that dress was still there. Wow. And it had to be like two or three months between the time that mm-hmm. I looked first looked at it, mm-hmm. and it happened still. We was like, "This must be the dress." I'm yeah. It was like a no-brainer. Right. And then when we went to go check out the lady, the sales, it was like $900. The mm-hmm. sales lady knocked it down. Like, <gasps> I got the dress for $450. Oh, what a steal. So that right there told me, okay, it was still here. Yeah. They knocked that much money off the dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made me feel amazing. Oh, and you look beautiful. You guys haven't seen the picture, but I'll upload it. Oh, my goodness. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and what? coincidentally, mm-hmm. there was a movie that came out, I want to say two years ago. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. But the dress she had on is the dress that I wore for my wedding. What? I have to find this. I have, I have to find it. But, oh. oh, man. I love that. So what did your husband wear? He wore, of course, the, the men's warehouse t- wedding tuxedo, mm-hmm. um, and he wore, my colors are like navy blue and champagne gold, uh-huh. so he kind of wore what they call the Scotty, and he wore a bow tie, Okay. Oh. along with my son. They both wore bow ties, and the groomsmen wore neckties. Okay, and you guys didn't see each other before the wedding, right? Okay. Okay. Close, but still not close enough. I could hear him talking when he was like, "Come through," but we didn't see each other. Oh, and I love that your son was a part of the wedding day. That's really cute because baby girl wasn't here yet. Nope, she wasn't here yet. Okay. And so, what were you feeling during that time period? Like, once you've gotten dressed, once your makeup's done, your hair is ready, you're ready to go. What were you feeling at that moment? I was anxious. Like I, when I was getting ready, I was kind of sitting there. I got my my hair done. Um, 
I was waiting to get my makeup done, and they were bringing me something to eat because I'm notorious for not eating, and he made sure somebody got me something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and I I cried, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting married. <laughs> and so I guess I got the tears out, like my, my bride next to me, I was just like sitting there chewing the chicken nugget, like, thinking you know everybody has so many different feelings when that time comes to like actually walk down the aisle so it's good to know you didn't have the jitters and you know you still had to were like I'm ready to do this like I'm I'm not I'm anxious but you know I'm ready to do it yeah like it was you see all the movies and stuff people talk about they were like they weren't sure but like I know in that I remember in that moment like I was sure like I'm getting ready to walk down the aisle to my husband. Yeah. And there so, wasn't any doubt. <laughs> um, let's see. So where did you guys get married? Um, was this a church? Did you guys to go to the courthouse? We got married at the church I grew up in. Oh. So it was, it was special because I'd gone to that church my whole life, minus the time I was away at school. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I would still come back and, it was my family's been in their church for years as well. Wow. So that's pretty cool to, for you guys to be able to just um, do it at your childhood church. Awesome. Let's see. What did you do to come up with your vows? Like, I know some people write their vows down. Some people go from the heart. What did you guys do? He told me for his vows, he literally wrote them maybe 30 minutes. <laughs> you know me, and you know me. <laughs> and he was just like sitting there getting ready and just typing stuff on his phone. <laughs> me, on the other hand, I spent months of just like writing and trying to perfect them. And it was like a compilation of like love thoughts and love notes. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I would write it on one piece of paper, and then I wouldn't remember what I did with that piece of paper, so I would start writing again, mm-hmm. and then I'd find the other piece of paper, and then, like, mix them together, and edit, and delete, all that, all that stuff. My vows were pretty long. Well. And I did not read the whole thing. <laughs> you did it? No, I did not read the whole thing. I think I maybe left out. Everybody jokes that I, I wrote a dissertation. Oh. <laughs> when I, it's still in my phone today in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I did write a dissertation. <laughs> it was probably the forwarding chapter of a book. But I, I think I skipped over that part because it didn't need to be reiterated. Yeah. It was just... I knew he knew, mm-hmm. and I feel like to this day that everything that I did say or did read from my vows was what was meant to be read. Okay, which is um, all that you needed. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so who was a part of your bridal party and his groomsmen? My bridal party consisted of my sister, my college best friend. Um, I'm not, did you, you might not have met Miss Glenn. I'm not sure. She, I think she came after you left. Okay. But then she worked at Mary Oaks and in, in GEP with me. Okay. Um, and then my Bennett Dick sister was a part of my bridal party. Okay. And then it's his groomsmen, which is a touchy subject because he, added people to like balance it out mm-hmm. but one groomsman didn't show up 
and we didn't get in touch in the day of, well, two of them did. So he ended up only having his best friend, well, his two best friends from college, which his best man and I went to middle school together, and my maid, my second maid of honor, which is my best friend, went to middle school with my husband. So it was like a weird crisscross. Okay, okay. Um, and then, of course, my son was the best man. Oh. How old was he at that time? Oh, was that three years ago? So he was seven or eight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. age. They remember everything at that age. And he smiled. The whole the biggest, that's one thing I remember walking down the aisle was my son had the biggest smile on his face. Oh, he was ready. He was ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I love that. I love you guys' love story. So how was the kiss? I mean, I know you didn't kiss them before, but I mean, the married kiss to consummate everything. How was that? It was like, now introduce it, Miss and Mr. Crack, Mr. and Mrs., I should say, Crack it. And then y'all, you say you may kiss the bride. Like, <laughs> was it like fireworks? <laughs> it was, but it was also like that. It was like a sigh of relief. Like, yeah. We did it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, yeah. So that actually concludes jumping the broom. Let's go ahead and move into tying the knot. And this is about everything that happened before you guys got married. So tell me how. Who were the people that were married in your family um, growing up? My mom and my dad have been together all my life. My grandparents, both on my dad's side and my mom's side. Um, pretty much everybody wow. in my family has been together. Like I didn't, I didn't experience a marriage dissolving or divorce until I was like in high school. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah, my parents have been married for going on 29 years. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. So with that being said, what was your perception about marriage being as though everybody in your family has been married for a while? My perception of marriage was, it was like something that was, I don't want to say necessary, but it was just like, if two people love each other and they want to be together, then you get married. Mm -hmm. And it was no, oh, being together for years and years and years and not taking the step to be married. Right, right. It, it was a partnership, and I knew marriage would have like its ups and downs, and you have moments, but I didn't really see that as much, like I said, until I was in like, I want to say my junior or senior year in high school. Okay. Okay. So I didn't have a bad perception. Like I knew just like going relationships, people argue, mm -hmm. people have fights and you work through them and you make it work. Right. Fair enough. And so where and how did he propose? And what's your husband's name? Jerron. So how did Jerron pro propose? Uh, we... That's a great story. So, originally, I thought he was going to propose my graduation. Okay. But that didn't happen. And so, a whole year went by, and I was, like, in anticipation, like, I know he's going to propose. He didn't do it at graduation, so we'll see. We went to the graduation the year afterwards, and we went back to Bennett, um, and we sat through commencement, and then we walked around campus. And then we walked back to the spot where we had our first kiss. Aww. And my son was with us. Mm -hmm. And we were just like, oh, let's just take pictures. Let's just take pictures. Because we had never taken, as long as we had been in Greensboro, we hadn't taken pictures at that spot. Okay. 
where we kind of had like an impromptu photo shoot and all that. And then my son just played photographer and was taking pictures of us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then he got down on one knee. Oh. And he said, said my full name and asked me if I would spend forever with him. And you know when they say your full name, you know what's yeah. about to go down. And it was weird. I was like, oh, man. Apparently, he was waiting for my best friend who was at A&T's commencement to come and, like, be there and take pictures. Oh. Like, she couldn't make it because they were still doing commencement for her boyfriend at the time. Okay. And so it was just the three of us and my son was just taking pictures. And I kind of was surprised. But I don't know. It just wasn't like the, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Like you knew it was coming at some point. You just didn't know when. Right. I spent a whole year in anticipation. Like, okay. And quite frankly, in all honesty, I had, we've been dating for five, five and a half years at that time. Mm-hmm. And in that whole year, I'm like, okay, if he didn't propose by then, I had like put a deadline on in my own head. Okay. Because, like I said, I didn't want to be one of those people that was in, like, a long, long-term relationship that never worked towards marriage or got to that step. Sure. And it really was, like, the midnight hour when she proposed. Like, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> he could want to put a ring on, on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, like, that about-time type of moment. Right. Like, I'm ready to be your wife. Yeah. Which leads me into my next question. Do you think that at that time you were actually ready to be a wife? Yes and no. We, like I said, we've been together for five, five and a half years at that point, And we had lived together. We had, we had done things and taken steps in our relationship to that would be towards marriage. Okay. But I also didn't realize how how much work it really was. Right. Right. Like you think it's just oh you get married and your relationship continues as it was and as as it's been. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case because when you're in a relationship with somebody, like the arguments and the fights and things would, you could kind of take a little bit more time to separate. Mm-hmm. And it was optional if you wanted to make up or not. <clears throat> right. And now it's like, okay, is this really worth just like saying, no, I don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> right. You still have those moments, but it's just, I think things are amplified. Mm-hmm. Feelings are amplified once you get married versus when you're in a relationship. Some stuff may be a big deal, and in marriage it's not, but then some stuff that wasn't a big deal in dating is a little bit. It more. definitely is. <clears throat> it's enhanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. So, did he have to um, get your mother's or your father's blessing in order to marry you? He did. And that's why I was in the year that I spent the year in anticipation because my dad actually messed up and kind of like messed up his plan. Oh, how so? <laughs> because the first part of our phone numbers at the time were the same. Mm-hmm. And. My husband had called him, and my dad called me back. He was like, did you call me? He was like, no, I didn't call you. And so he assumed Jerron did. And so I spent the whole day, like, why did you call my dad? Why did you call my dad? Why did you call my dad? And this was, like, around my birthday. And then around my graduation weekend, he went home, and they had lunch, apparently, what I found out later. Yeah. And that's when he asked them all about marrying me. And he wanted to do it at graduation, but 
my mom just made persuasion to say, let her have that moment. Okay. Because she worked hard to get to that moment. For sure. To let her have that moment and make this different. I love that. And Which so- left me in a whole year of anticipation. Like, okay, <laughs> when is he going to propose? When is he going to propose? Uh, it was crazy. Oh, wow. So, do you remember where you guys first met? I do. We were actually in the same kindergarten class. Shut up. I have a picture. (laughs) Um, And ironically, in the picture, we were standing. He was standing up on the third row. I was in the second one, which perfectly depicts our height difference now. Yeah. Um, but we were in the same kindergarten class. Wow. And I remember his, he had a twin sister. I remember his twin sister telling me, my brother likes you. My brother likes you. And one day on the playground, he gave me a cookie to be his girlfriend. And <laughs> I, being the five, six-year-old that I was, and liking chocolate chip cookies, I took the cookie. Right. But I wasn't his girlfriend. <laughs> Not at that time. <laughs> no, and he still remembers this story too. And he remembers it was the oldest Funkelmeyer cookie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we met. And then I was at that school for one more year and then I changed schools. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And didn't see each other the whole time. We just lived around the corner from each other. You know, they say that. They say that people are are always six degrees or six something like that. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. what I'm trying to reference that, but like six degrees away from each other. It really was like, we could, we would, it was very likely that we would have bumped into each other at the grocery store, but we never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to rival high schools. He went to Independence. I went to Butler. Okay. But I knew a whole bunch of people at Independence. Mm-hmm. And like I said, his best man and I went to middle school together. And his best man, he and his best man became friends in high school. But we never ended up in the same circle, in the same place at the same time. Wow. That's so and cool. So it wasn't until I we got to college. He was at a and and I was at Bennett. And I was walking on Auntie's campus with my best friend, and I saw his best friend, Jay. I was like, oh, my gosh, Jay, I haven't seen you in a million years. And we chopped it up. Jay, of course, had lost his phone, so Jerron put my number in his phone for Jay so we could, like, catch up and hang out. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, you just added me on Facebook. I was like, yeah, we went to David Cox together. We were in kindergarten together. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So that was like our reintroduction to each other. Yeah. And then I didn't talk to him. It wasn't necessarily our reintroduction. We just like, oh, okay, we're cool. We have friends in common. Mm-hmm. And then he spent, weeks went by. And one day on Facebook Messenger, he was like, hey, I've been texting you. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> Apparently, he had been texting the wrong number for, like, two weeks. (laughs) And so, like, what number did you text? And it was like, he told me the number. was like, you got the last digit wrong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh. He meant well. we made a plan Mm -hmm. to hang out. And we hung out for a little bit. What does hang out mean? We walked around campus. Um, Dating? His, no, we were just, we hung out just to like hang out as friends. Okay. And we talked and realized we had a lot of things in common. And we just decided to be friends. We had just decided to hang out more often then. So I think we were, I wouldn't say talking, but kind of talking, entertaining each other. Okay. From probably like September until maybe December. Okay. So let's see. Did you guys live together before you got married? We did. For how long? Um, we lived 
together. Oh, man. For the entire span of our relationship of the 10 years, we probably lived together seven total. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you guys had a very general idea of how the other one was behind closed doors. Yeah. Oh, which is really great. I know, you know, growing up in the church, a lot of times people like, oh, you're not supposed to shack up. And I definitely understand why God says that. But I also understand nowadays, and I'm not trying to justify it, but nowadays it's like almost (laughs) adult, like, it's no way around not staying together because you kind of want to see how this person operates when you guys stay together. Well, that and the fact that like being college students economically and financially, <laughs> okay. it made more sense because I want to say after we started dating that spring semester, mm-hmm. I barely stayed in my room. Wow. Of course, Bennett is an all-female college, so you can't have males in the room or on campus after a certain time. Right. So, I spent my time over at A&T. Hanging out with your boo. Right. Okay. And my roommate and people on campus were just like, oh, you still got to Bennett? <laughs> yeah, I still got to Bennett. I just go to Bennett, go to my classes, and then when I finish class and finish eating, I go over to a and It's like a quick walk. His, his dorm was literally... One of the closest dorms to Bennett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was a quick walk, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna hang out anyway. And then once we went the sophomore year and moved off campus, we were gonna be in each other's space a lot. We did try one year of he had his own apartment, I had my own apartment, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of wasted money, right? Because when he wasn't at his place, he would, wouldn't be in his place for like weeks at a time or I wouldn't be at my place for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. So it didn't make sense to keep two different spaces. Ideally, it make, it, it's a great idea because you like to have the space. Mm-hmm. But once you get over the space, you end up running back to jumping back and forth between your place, my place, your place, my place. Right. It just makes sense. Right now, economically, yeah. I think everybody's doing that just because they're like, okay, I don't want to pay this by myself. Right, like rent in Charlotte, you can't get a okay. two-bedroom apartment for under $1,000. Without staying in the hood, and we ain't staying right. in the hood. <laughs> and even though they're still pricey, we're like, man, right. $900 for a two-bedroom apartment or a one-bedroom apartment is $900. Yeah, we can we can make this work and split it up in half and be roommates, lovers and roommates. <laughs> the best of both worlds. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, you guys have a very interesting life prior to marriage. I love it. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and slide over into segment three, which is called popping the question. And here I'm just going to be asking you a series of random questions just to see, get a little bit more inside deets to you guys. Uh, do you believe in the term soulmate? Yes. Why? I believe, well, let me say this. I believe in the term soulmate has different levels. You have different soulmates. Okay. You have the romantic soulmate and then you have the friend soulmate. Mm-hmm. And I believe in both. My best friend is, that is my kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. We are one. That is my person, as in Grey's Anatomy terms. Yes. In that same breath, just like Grey's Anatomy terms, that's my favorite show. He is my other person. Mm. To where I feel comfortable with both of them, but it's still a different level of comfort. Right. To where I, I they both seem to be completely vulnerable, but. Mm-hmm there's still a part of me that only she's seen that type of vulnerability. Sure. I love it. And you only, I think you only get two of each, but one of them is for a specific time. Mm. One of them helps you grow and one of them grows with you. Oh, 
Wow. I've never thought about it in that way. I love that perspective. <clears throat> and I just realized my our friend actually sent that to me yesterday talking about, you know, friends coming in the form of soulmates as well. And I said, I never, ever thought about that. But when, like you said, you find a kindred spirit, like you just know. And so I love how you put that. And of course, your romantic soulmate, one that you, you know, that's your boot thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that was his nickname in the beginning when we were talking in my phone. He was my boot thing. And everybody else, my friends, <laughs> in my door, I was like, are you going to see a little boot thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. What is the most difficult thing that you feel that you had to give up inside of your marriage? My, my willingness to be an I got it person. Mm, tell me how. I am, because I was a teen mom, I've always like prided myself on being able to do stuff for myself mm-hmm. and not necessarily have to depend on people. Mm-hmm. But just know I have to have me. At right. the end of the day, and there's still some aspects of that where I still hold, I still have, mm-hmm. but it's difficult to draw back as a wife because as a wife you're supposed to be submissive and allow your husband to do and take charge, mm-hmm. and that's been the battle. It's kind of always been our battle, but just a little more, bit different in marriage. Yeah, because you're so Bye-bye. used to being independent. Yeah. Okay. And that's fair. A lot of women struggle with that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I did start this show because it just lets other women know that you're not the only one struggling with, excuse me, with like that in that area. Because a lot of women are like, you know what? I'm so used to being either alone or independent or like you say, don't really need help. Or don't want help. And when you get into your marriage, that role reversal, like, whoop, I got to let my husband help me do this, even if I don't necessarily want him to or need him to. But you have to kind of let up a little bit in some ways. And that's hard for us. Like, if you've never, you know, had to do that or find it challenging, you're like, wait, wait, this is unfamiliar territory. (laughs) Yeah. And especially when you're like, you've been a single mom. Yeah. Because... My husband and I started dating when my son was two. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always about never making him feel like my son was his responsibility at the time we were dating. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of single moms have that drawback when they start dating and getting serious and getting into marriage with someone is you just have that. Innate, in, innately in you that you have to make make it for yourself, but you also have to make it for your child. Right. You have to get things done. Right. And the get it done mentality is hard to break from a single mom who's transitioning into I don't want to yet co-parenting with someone who isn't the biological parent. Right. And it's hard to find that balance of easing up and saying, okay, he's the man he can take, he can take some reins, because my son my son and my husband worked alone together until maybe three years into our relationship. Which is, a, which is great. That's not a bad thing. I know some people do it a little sooner, but I think yeah. as a single mom or just a mom period, you're really cautious about your kid and their heart. Yeah. yeah. And I heard too many stories about boyfriends. I was like, it's not your responsibility. It literally had to be, I had no other option but to have my boyfriend watch him that day while I had to go to work. Mm-hmm. But it was still tough. I was like, I don't want him to feel like my son is his responsibility yet. Right, right. Which is totally understandable. So let's see. Let's move on. Um, do you have a favorite married couple, like celebrity couple that you, um, that you like? Not one that 
I've like idealized for since we've been married or before. I think more recently it has been Deval and Kadeen Ellis. Oh yes, I love them. They're amazing. Like watching them, watching their Insta stories and their yes. vlogs. It's like millennial marriage to and its finest. Yeah, and how to do marriage differently and still break through and break those barriers or break those mindsets that you have mm-hmm. and it, realizing it doesn't happen overnight. For sure. And it doesn't happen in a short amount of time. It's a continuous process to break those those mindsets and those barriers to bring you closer. Right. And doing it while parenting. Uh, okay. And that is the truth because people who don't have kids when they're married is a total different ball game. Yeah. Oh yes, I love them too. They have a really great podcast. Since I'm I'm on my podcast, I'm going to shout out their podcast, Dead Ass Podcast. They are really great. You guys should tune in. They're actually getting um, doing a row renewal on July 4th this year. Yep. Yes, and I, I can't wait for all the pictures and all the. Videos. I know. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love it. So let's see. If you and your honey had a theme song, what would it be? Or what what is y'all song? Oh, we have a lot of different songs. Um, because we are definitely music heads. Mm-hmm. Um I can't even think of just one. Well, what song did you guys dance to at your wedding? We danced to Stay With You by John Legend. Oh, yes. I love John. Um, that's what we danced to. I walked down the aisle to Ribbon in the Sky, and he came down to So High. Okay. By John Legend? Yep. Yes. I'm telling you. Yes, he's he definitely is one for them love song. Love me now. Love me now. I love that song. <laughs> okay. So tell me what do you let me tell let's see. Tell me how you would rank the top most important things in your marriage. The top three things you would rank in a marriage. In my marriage or just in, in marriage in general. Um Communication okay. is definitely number one. Mm-hmm. Intimacy mm. of any kind, because it's just not a sexual intimacy. It's just the intimacy of intimacy of being in the same space. Mm-hmm. Don't have to do anything. Just like being together in a space. Mm-hmm. Um. And the third one would probably have to be, oh, man, fun. Oh, having fun together. Yeah, because when you, the three of them connect because the intimacy in different levels, you got to have fun in there. Mm-hmm. There are bad times and there are great times, but in the end, you gotta have fun and you gotta love having fun with the person you're with. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna be with them for a long time. I guess the fun factor would be their friendship. Yes. That you hit the nail on the head when you say friendship because one thing I noticed that you guys did early on was actually create a friendship. And a lot of people yeah. skip that. That is such a valuable lesson that you must be friends with your mate. You must develop that first. Do you agree? I do. And I literally just posted about this. Like I was at work and it just really hit me. Like I'm very grateful for a friendship based marriage and Mm -hmm. not just a marriage. For sure. Because when the the times that we're mad at each other and we don't want to talk to each other and we want to be in different rooms Mm -hmm. and then we're scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, and we see memes and stuff, the first person I think to send it to is him. Mm-hmm. Because 
our friendship is stronger than, and no, honestly, our friendship is stronger than our marriage. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's what keeps our marriage going. It's mm-hmm. the fuel for our marriage. Wow. I love that. Okay. Well, the last question I'm going to ask you in the pop in the question segment is, why do you think sex is so important in a marriage? Because that level of intimacy is, in a way, internal. Because it's connected to how, in a way, how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. Where they say, oh, you should still feel confident aside from your spouse. Mm-hmm. But if you if you don't feel like your spouse is attracted to you sexually, it messes with you emotionally and mentally. Mm. And it's important because that it's like the oil that keeps the engine running. Mm-hmm. Where if you're not having sex, something is lacking somewhere. And you're not quite sure, and then it creates problems for everything else. Okay. All right. I lied. That wasn't the last question. Fill in the okay. blank. My husband is my. My husband is my. Person. Yes, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I literally have like the Meredith, Christina, and Derek type thing. Like, he is my Derek. No. We didn't start out like Derek. <laughs> but he is my Derek. Mm. You hear that, Mr. Crockett? No, my best friend does her show, so you guys would be like like buddies on that. So let's go ahead and slide into segment four, which is called Happily Ever After. And this is everything that you've come to know since you got married. The first thing I want to ask you is, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten since you got married? Or like, let's say on your, you know, bridal shower day or something like that. Um, I don't think the best piece of advice I got came at that time. Okay. I think the best piece of advice I got came maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Is that while you both have your demons, you have to work on them individually in order to continue your growth together. Hmm. So I tell people now, like I have a friend who's getting married. I told him the best advice I can give you is something that I had to learn, which is go to therapy. Mm. Because you don't realize how much of your childhood and your growing up affects you and affects your spouse and how different where you thought you could deal with it thought you understood or knew in dating, mm-hmm. you learn things in marriage. You learn more of the family dynamics because dating, just like with dating the person you meet, date the representative, you date the representative of their upbringing and their family as well. Oh, you better, you better talk, Hill Harper. And while everybody is cool when you're dating, when you get engaged and married, mm-hmm. Things sneak in and things, small issues that you didn't think were issues become issues and they snowball and they tell you, you don't marry the family, but you do. You do. It's how your spouse was brought up. It's how your spouse, how your spouse's perception of things and perception of conflicts and how to fix conflicts is formed. And you learn everybody, while everybody's, everybody's family is dysfunctional. Nobody has the perfect family. If mm-hmm. they do, somewhere somebody is covering it up really well. Mm-hmm. But you realize people's dysfunction is different. And whereas your dysfunction in your family, you may tolerate and know how to navigate. 
Mm-hmm. You don't know how to navigate the dysfunction in marriage, and you don't know how to navigate the library of dealing with things from your spouse. Okay. So you have it's best to go to therapy and deal with your own things mm-hmm. so that you don't carry them or project them into your marriage. Wonderful. That is profound advice for the people. I love it. Now, where did you guys, if you did um, have one, where did you guys go on your honeymoon? Our living room. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, my my son stayed with my parents for the week. Um, and we literally camped out in our living room, ate the rest of our wedding cheesecake. Yeah. And watched, and watched Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm a sucker for stuff like that. <laughs> and you didn't re- we didn't realize we didn't realize how relaxing and peaceful it would it would be. Like mm-hmm. you talked about in your brief podcast about the living room dates, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just intimate. Yes. Like even our past anniversary, this past anniversary, we stayed at home. We went to the store and we got food and we cooked together mm-hmm. and we sat in the living room and ate and watched the office yes and super and cost efficient very much so okay instead of trying to figure out oh let's go to this restaurant where we want to go mm-hmm. he wanted steak i wanted salmon we bought a steak we bought salmon we bought vegetables we cooked together mm-hmm. we walked around the house naked because the children were gone like it was great. Best life. It, and you underestimate that when you, you're thinking about getting married mm-hmm. or getting engaged. You think you always just have to go out. Mm-hmm. You always have to go make a big deal about anniversaries and all that. But you really don't. Exactly. Uh, I I know it, this this isn't the same, but I did hear Jada Pekin say one day at the Red Table Talk that even though she said wedding, I think it also goes along with honeymoon that people should have like a huge wedding once they get to like 10 years or 20 years, because half of these marriages aren't even making it until a year later or even five years for that matter. And so I think it goes the same thing with a huge honeymoon because you're spending umpteen amount of dollars going on a honeymoon and y'all don't even stay married a year. Yeah. And then Kim Kardashian's, uh, you know, life seventy two hours or how, how seventy two days? How long was she married? Oh she was married forty eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> like to Chris Chris Humphreys. So again, you know, I'm always for taking the frugal route, but I'm also about individuality. Everybody's different, and the time that you guys get to share together, like that's priceless. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is, do you guys have married couples that you guys hang out with regularly? No, we don't. Um, we had one couple that we hung out with, but they moved to Asheville. And we're trying to get more married couple friends. We have some that live in Greensboro, but none that like live here in Charlotte. Okay. But that's also because we're kind of the introverts. Like, we're fine with being in the house together. Yes, which leads me to my next question. What does your typical Friday night look like? Our typical Friday night now is me at the gym, him home with the kids. Um, And then I come home and we'll maybe have a drink and we'll watch a movie or fall asleep watching The Office. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so with that being said, what does your me time look like for you? Because I know in marriage, you know, you're juggling multiple roles, your mom, your wife, you know, you have a job, you, you know, trying to do everything. What does me time look like for you? I didn't grasp the concept of me time until mm, the past couple months. Mm. I wrapped myself in making sure my husband was good yeah, and my children were good and being a new mom a second time 
it was it's a different experience because I've had someone to do it with me this time. Mm-hmm. But I like enthralled myself into my family that the only me time I would get is going to get my nails done. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long. Mm-hmm. Once once I started going to therapy and really focusing on me, going to the gym has become my me time. Yes. And where I get that hour of not talking to anybody, because the nail shop, you just end up talking to people. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that uninterrupted time of just like being spaced out. Mm-hmm. Being able to step away from, I don't want to say step away from reality, but just step out of myself. Right. And your roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to do anything for anybody but myself. I'm trying to get healthy for myself. I'm listening to my music and just enjoying myself. Yeah, you're not like, babe, where my socks at? Mommy, I'm thirsty. And right. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> oh, please, oh, please. Yes. So, yeah. and that's so important. People definitely neglect me time within your marriage. And so I thought it'd be important to just ask and see what you consider me time because people do not, or women in particular, do not use that time valuably. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm that same way where I want to just go get my nails done, go get my feet done. And you, of course you're talking, you may not even talk to the technician, but right. actually going to the gym, like you said, that is super th- therapeutic. Some people uh, paint, some people, you know, all sorts of things, but just taking that time out for yourself, it just, it helps with the whole self-love and self-care uh, mo- movement, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people think of me time, they think, oh, we're going out with the girls and all this and all that, but that's still not me time. Mm-hmm. You're still not spending time with just yourself. Exactly. You're spending time with other people and you're taking off the mom and the wife hat, they're putting on the friend hat or the sister hat. Or the daughter hat. Mm-hmm. Just because you're, it's not, me time is not just taking time away from your family and doing everything. It's me time taking time away from my family to be enthralled in myself. For sure. It's all a part of self care. I love that. Valuable, valuable information for the people. And my last question to finish it off. Do you guys have like a couple mentor or somebody that you guys see like uh, for couples therapy or whatnot? We do not. We haven't. We're, we've talked about going to couple therapy just to like work on better communication skills and things. But we we don't have a joint okay. mentor couple. Okay. It's like I have wise friends and one of my wife friends husband and my husband are actually pretty cool so they talk from time to time mm-hmm. and we're actually planning a trip but other than that it's just we literally are in we're the first one of our friends to get married okay okay so everybody y'all hear that it's time to pop the question so these people the crockets won't be alone yeah. <laughs> friends yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, and I, I will say this. I'm gonna um I'm gonna ask you one more question, then I'm gonna let you go. Uh, what do you, if you know, what are your love languages? I know a lot of people don't know about this, or it's actually becoming more popular now. Uh, but do you know your love languages? My love language is words of affirmation. Mm. Um. It's just, yeah, I've always felt like, yeah, you know the person loves you, but it feels good to hear, baby, I love you. Oh, you look really good. Or just like, not joking compliments, but just like, oh my gosh, like, as like my husband's been giving me all the words of affirmation because I'm feeling confident about myself. Yeah. Whereas his, I had to learn his words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. I would tell him, Everything. Oh, baby, you look good. Oh, you're so amazing. And I had to realize that's not that's not what you need. Right. And I actually got the book when we were dating, and I never finished it. But we took the love languages quiz. Yeah. 
in the back of it, and his is physical touch and quality time. Mm. And like every night, I can be on one side of the bed, and he can be already asleep, and without fail, my legs end up entwined in his because it's like he feels me get to bed. Mm-hmm. Or us just spending time and being in the bed and cuddling. Yes. Which I guess that's like my second love language. Yeah. Physical touch. Or quality time. Yeah, because you can for sure have more than one. For sure. I know, um, like I said, a lot of people don't really know what that is or what it looks like. So I'm really uh, glad to hear that you guys actually know what your love languages are, that you have the book, that you took the quiz. And this is just a, uh, you know, invitation for others to learn about it as well, because like she just said, you could think that you are loving your spouse the way that they want to be loved because this is the way that you would like to be loved. But that is in no way actually what they would like. You know, like she said, she might want, she likes words of affirmation, but he might want physical touch. And so you have to meet your spouse where they are versus you just, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna buy you something because I like gifts. I'm gonna buy you some. It's like, no. <laughs> and that's because I was listening to another podcast. Um, oh man, what is the name of it? Life after marriage, life after marriage, or something like that, on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And they were, oh, it's mastering marriage. Okay. And he said something that made sense that I've been thinking about. People tend to love and give the love that they want in return, mm-hmm. not realizing that that's not how your spouse loves. Mm. And it's not about giving what you need to receive. Mm-hmm. It's about giving what they need. Mm. And they give you what you need because they're focusing on me on loving you how you need to be loved and we lose ourselves in trying to love our spouse the way we want or need to be loved yes that's so powerful i'm glad that you said that because some people just really don't know and and you miss the mark because you really think that you're doing it you like oh i i bought my man a new jordans or you know when he might just really need you to rub his back and you get lost in it, and it causes so many arguments. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're not giving money, and I think about how many marriages or relationships don't succeed because they didn't grasp the concept of don't give what you want to get. Give what is needed. Yes. Y'all hear that? We're going to leave off on that note. I believe it, and I believe it, and I receive it. This has been so awesome. Miss Kalea, thank you so much for coming and joining me on the show. You guys, this was a over-the-phone interview, and I was uh, I was a little bit nervous at first to see how everything would go, but I'm really glad that we did it. Um, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. As always, if you guys have a guest that you would like to have on the show, just email me at on the day I said I do at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Miss um, Kalea, do you have anything you want to say to the people or any advice before we walk away? Um, thank you for having me, one. And like I like to say, black people don't like to go to therapy. A lot of people don't like to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. But go to therapy. Yes. Go to therapy, y'all. <laughs> it is life-changing. It will change your life. It will change your spouse's life. It'll change everybody's life around you. Yes, it will. And that's just outside of this marriage and relationship, just for yourself. Yes. For self-growth and self-acknowledgement and learning. Go to therapy. Don't be afraid. Go talk to somebody. I love it. All right. Well, on that note, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful evening. You guys can tune in each and every other Friday for more episodes. We love you. Peace out. Holla.